Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst, host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. Today, we've got Katrina Golgowski. She's an angel investor and attorney. We're going to be talking about an article from Benzinga about the cannabis supply chain, some lessons learned from the uh, issues going on in California. One of Katrina's investments uh, is an airline up in Canada that's got some plans to potentially eventually transport cannabis plant and product coast to coast. We're going to dive into this article all about supply chain and cannabis coming up. It's only entertainment. All right, Katrina, thanks for being with us on the Talking Hedge. Thanks, Josh. It's been a while. It has been a minute. So um, cannabis supply chain. So we've seen some issues. Obviously, it takes uh, a long time to do anything. I got a car accident two days before Christmas, and it's finally going to get scheduled two weeks from now. So it only took three months to get the auto parts required to fix my car. And that's just one issue. If you have outdoor equipment for cannabis, whether it's greenhouse lighting or otherwise, probably sitting on a boat outside of Longview and you've got months to wait for it. So there's a lot of issues going on. I'm going to kind of talk about um, all of that. It's it's adding to the price. So whether it's inflation just because of quantitative easing and the printing of money or the lack of inventory, which is traditional supply and demand, we are kind of seeing the supply chain constraints and the uh, increase in, in costs across the board, regardless of what it is. Um, there's a federal prohibition that's uh, affecting cannabis and the efficiency of the supply chain, the network of suppliers and producers, traders, goods and services, and information at making the legal cannabis uh, possible at scale traditionally speaking, because a just-in-time delivery normally works until it doesn't. And when it's broken, that means that everything, whether it's oil or meat, corn, dairy, doesn't matter. You've got a disrupted supply chain that's going to generate supply um, disruptions, increases in prices, reducing quality of products available to local consumers, reduces technological progress as people kind of wait to spend money because they don't know what's going on, and it stimulates illegal trade. So a lot of issues out there that we've kind of seen in the industry and going to have to kind of uh, go back to the drawing board for production and creating efficiencies. And how to finance all of this when your stuff is stuck on a boat. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Let's not forget that. Right. Yeah. And we were just talking about offline about how people have inventory and yet they can't do it. So they literally had to cancel orders mid shipment just to try and get it from another supplier. And it's kind of creating this, this chaos just to try and get uh, the, the supplies they need to create their own products and get it out to customers. And um, yes, massive disruption. Uh, and, And unanticipated Josh. I mean, yeah, we are two years into uh, the the new way of life, but even two years later, these issues are not resolved. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you you need your jars, uh, even stickers and things like that that are obtained overseas because of the price point. Uh, in order to be able to sell your product at a marketable rate, and if you can't get the basics like the jars, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. There's there's no answer. There's literally no answer 
for a lot of not just cannabis businesses, uh, but certainly cannabis businesses because they can't really double what they're willing to pay for the jar because that affects the price to the consumer. So uh, strange times, Josh. It is. And there's kind of creating uh, additional issues too that people aren't really talking about. And so when you start to see um, this inflationary pressure uh, across Canada, every single um, product has had a reduced um, uh, a reduction in, in the amount of people paying for it. And then the wholesale prices are decreasing, retail prices are decreasing as a result of that. So this kind of spiral that we're seeing um, is being exacerbated by sales on top of that. So with this inflationary pressure and people pulling back, like my, my brother-in-law had to quit cannabis altogether, not, not just cut back, but quit because he couldn't afford it. So then now stores are going to be discounting to draw people back in. So then the manufacturers are seeing a cut of like 30% to their costs. So the Panacea Blunt Sticks that I like, three and a half grams for 20 bucks, um, was a really good deal. And then the manufacturer is like, I'm not selling these things for 20 bucks. And so they probably just cut it. So then now they're not available. So now it's, I don't, I can't, I don't even know where to go to get it. Uh, if they even manufactured anymore, because it probably literally wasn't worth their time. You know what I th- think is interesting? Uh, the consumer goods market, and I'm going to pick on ice cream as an example. Uh, you used to buy a pint of ice cream for, you know, four bucks. Now you get 14 ounces of ice cream for five bucks. And the cannabis industry really can't sell less than a gram for, you know, you can't all of a sudden have a 0.75 gram joint. <laughs> you just, it's, it's very hard to affect cost the way that they can in other consumer good areas. And it's, it, how are they going to compete? How are they going to survive and offset the number one inflation and the consumers becoming more and more price uh, sensitive, the cost of the materials that they can't get, you know, to put it in a jar, to put it in a cone. Uh, it's, it's tough times for the cannabis industry as a whole, Josh. Yeah, there's two styles of people that are that are being affected in Washington state where we're both at. It's not vertically integrated. So you have these individual businesses that are trying to struggle together. You have the producers or you have the growers you have these uh, brand manufacturers and you have the retail establishment. So non-vertically integrated versus those in other states that maybe have a little bit more flexibility that are vertically integrated. Um, when you can grow and sell and everything in between, you have a little bit more control over how and what to uh, what to make, what to sell, what has the best margins, and and maybe you cut skews in order to save money. But when you're just an entity within that framework, it makes it a lot harder for companies making probably Washington State one of the most competitive marketplaces. Two thousand skews, no one cares at the rec store to limit that, and so it's incredibly competitive. And we are also uh, seeing the end of the two dollar pre roll. Uh, the heyday of the $2 pre-roll, I think, has also ended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, people want better stuff, right? And so I think you're going to start to see, you know, the fact that products, you know, like brands like Tilray, where people just don't want that that particular um 
output or quality or, or whatever it is, they're going to really want to go towards something that's um, better, better quality, better, uh, better experience, whatever it is. And so this kind of just grow to the market and give it to them there. Weed is weed, you know, is it's not obviously the case. And so I think we've seen the proliferation of cookies and their international expansion and first mover advantages, not because of the wrapper burner at all, but because of the genetics and the brand and the, the dedication to that cultivar and genetics and all of the love that goes into it, I think is really what's going to come down. And that's what's understanding the industry. Cookies understands the industry, Tilray doesn't. That's why the soccer moms are fleeing up in Canada versus everyone migrating towards cookies is because they resonate with the quality. Yeah. Uh, I walked into a rec shop here in sunny Seattle and I did not recognize a single brand that they were trying to sell me. Uh, and I, you, know, you and I have discussed multiple times, you know, what does blue dream really mean? Because it's meaningless. So I, I specifically asked, I said, you know, what's, what's the profile here? How, what percentage of limonene, what percentage of myrcene, what percent percentage of pinene, and the, the bud tender will just looked at me like deer in headlights. Mm. And I'm like, come on, man, we've been in this industry long enough that you should have some basic understanding of what you are selling. Mm-hmm. And because the pseudo sophisticated uh, cannabis consumer knows that Blue Dream or OG Kush uh, is effectively meaningless now. So what's in it? What am I buying? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, when you buy a, a shirt, it says, you know, cotton, wool, linen. It tells you what you're buying. Mm-hmm. So maybe that is a way for some of the cannabis brands to sort of smarten up and say, hey, this is what's in it. You know, <laughs> instead of just blue dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and hopefully it'll get to that point where terpenes take more of a primary role rather than the highest THC at the lowest price point, right? The percentage is how fast it gets you there, but the terpenes are the direction that people want. But the lack of um, that transparency, the inability to tell people that this is the result you're going to get because they haven't gone through the FDA trial process yet really kind of makes that difficult. You can't even say that things are organic, right? I mean, I want to... I'm worried about the heavy metal content. I'm worried about the pesticides, the lack of testing. Um, you know, organic is supposed to be niche, but there's plenty of people that that are on board with that now um, more than ever. So trying to get that kind of transparency for organic certifications in the cannabis industry is going to be, I think, a big differentiator for people who, you know, especially if you're, if you're burning um, a joint or, or flower, you want to make sure that you're not getting anything that you don't want. So whether it's greenhouse or otherwise, um, adding organic options and trying to get all of the, the feel good emotions that kind of come along with, you know, green and healthy and organic is going to be difficult in a supply chain constraint environment. But I think when um, this becomes normalized, this is what is going to be adding value to customers and cannabis that people are going to want to go to kind of like the whole cookie metaphor. Yeah. Uh, the industry as a whole is becoming more and more mature with each passing day. 
so they're going to have to figure out supply chain issues. They're going to have to figure out how to deal with the price conscious consumer because cannabis is no longer a fad. It's no longer pay whatever it is because you can't get it anywhere else. That's that's not true. And also people want to know what they are smoking. Is it organic or not um, or ingesting? Uh, is it how many sugar, how much calories does this gummy have? And what, what is the sweetener in it? Uh, so as we frequently say, Josh, this is just a situation of the market maturing. Uh, but I do really sympathize with the, the growers, the producers, the processors, not so much the retailers, uh, but uh, I do think that they are, the producers and processors are, are getting squeezed mm -hmm. with things like my jar is sitting on a boat in Longview and I can't get it. It's, it's what are you going to do? Go back to the days of the, of the baggie, I guess. Yeah. When we, we start seeing that, <laughs> we're desperate. I would like to see some in a, in a lunch baggie too. I think that would be uh, pretty good for a little throwback, maybe on like yeah. th throwback Thursdays, it should be in a sandwich bag and you have to lick yeah. it. Like it can't be the, the Ziploc seal. You have to actually lick it. Uh, <laughs> that would be pretty funny. Uh, I also think that some of the constraints um, is going to be around um, the cost around that. Right. And so until we can actually get some, um, reduction in, in the pricing to make it more competitive to like a tobacco product, for example, we've seen a lot of pitch decks where people are like $3,000 pounds. And you're like, no, that's not going to last very long. <laughs> and they always dip down, but coming way, way down a lot faster. Um, Illinois dropped 15% year over year, which is much, much quicker than it should have for a new emerging market. But because right. of inflationary pressures, because of uh, all the issues that are going around, people are really cutting back. And you can see that in a new emerging markets like Arizona. So without um, alleviating some tax pressure and implementing robotics, AI, automation that we've been talking about for years, uh, I think the burger industry, you know, fast food is going to automate that really fast because nobody wants the job, nobody wants the pay, and owners don't want to, you know, pay it anyway. So, we're going to see that shift, uh, whether we like it or not. And it's going to happen really quick, much faster than otherwise would have because of the great resignation, because of the supply chain constraints. And so with automation, whether it's, you know, um, you know, I've mentioned just, just the simple uh, environmental automation to know that um, whether it's um, environment or nutrient or whatever else, the AI will be able to pick that up, send you alerts, and then you can be notified um, whether it's already happened or then you can give approval, that kind of greenhouse controlled agricultural technology and supply chain efficiency is going to be the next wave uh, because people don't want to work. Uh, not just people don't want to work. Uh, companies don't want to spend the money to pay That's people that don't want to work, uh, you know, the deal sweetener per se. Uh, but automation has to occur. Uh, you know, when you go to the grocery store and you buy a tomato, uh, that is all automation. And that's the only way to be any amount of profitable. And as, as, uh, I kind of, uh, a broken record, uh, cannabis is an agricultural crop. 
<laughs> it's it's a crop <laughs> and it needs to be treated like a crop uh not a craft um yes there are heirloom tomatoes for 3.99 a pound at the grocery store but most of the people are sitting there just buying the plum tomato for 99 cents a pound so you have to get you have to get within that range and these the disruption in the last few years, not only in the supply chain, not only in the labor market, uh, but also the inflationary price pressures. You welcome to agriculture. I think it's also shifted the way consumers purchase. It's always been about price and convenience, and convenience is now AKA delivery. I want to order it online and I want it to be brought to me and I want to get it now. Amazon screwed that over for everybody else with their prime delivery. Uh, and so I see e-commerce and marketplaces being uh, a way for retailers and wholesalers to take advantage of that. Retailers uh, are very, very naive, excuse me, manufacturers are very, very naive in that if they make a product, they're going to sell it. And that's not how it works. You need a lot of money for marketing. You need um, all of these marketplaces in order to get your product out there wholesale. And you know, you've invested in a marketplace, a wholesale marketplace, and I kind of see the proliferation of e-commerce and marketplaces being the key for retailers and wholesalers to get their products out there because people aren't going to be going into the stores. The 50,000 end cap that, you know, Planet 13 in Vegas is charging is not going to be relevant for anybody except for tourists. In order to get your brand awareness, you don't have the bud tenders anymore at the stores if people are, are online. So that whole e-commerce and, and marketplace platform is going to, drive a whole new way that people are going to have to advertise and and use their marketing budget for. I agree with you wholeheartedly, Josh. The marketplace is changing. The consumer base is changing. Uh, price sensitivity, ingredient sensitivity, uh, quality sensitivity that we just didn't see when the goal, the green rush happened and Cannabis itself, whatever it was, was acceptable. Now people are demanding uh, something else, something more, and mm -hmm. you have to keep up with it. Mm -hmm. So supply chain right now, you're seeing a pretty strong demand on the e-commerce platform. You're seeing um, your airline uh, investment taken off. You've also invested in marketing. What is it? What's the industry? Uh, news, marketing. Yes, I've made several cannabis investments over the years, um, a, a wholesale marketplace, uh, the airline, uh, and specifically the, the news media outlet. Uh, and they've all had varying levels of success uh, over the years, because it's been some amount of time, but also over the industry. Uh, and so we were just talking about people want information. So if people want information, they have to go somewhere to get the information. And the bud tender requires you to be in the store in person, not buying online. So where are you going to get the information you need? Uh, the wholesale market, uh, you see massive changes in supply, demand, price points, uh, you, you could do a whole Harvard Business Review on the price of cannabis uh, over this uh, fairly short cycle of legalization. 
And with the airline, then you're then you're like, oh, you know, you have to get things back and forth. And with uh, with the pandemic and the impact that pan the pandemic had, it became even more important. How are you going to uh, address the supply chain issues uh, within your own country? Uh, forget getting goods from overseas and delivered to your storefront. Uh, how are you gonna How are you gonna get it from the ship in Longview to your store in Seattle? It, it, it's it's been it's been a, a really really interesting time, Josh. It has, but there's also been a lot of M and A activity. There's uh, between news and uh, media companies. I think there was a five mergers and acquisitions in the fourth quarter of 2021. Uh, so that could be really interesting for that investment. And then, of course, um, uh, if or when the airline starts transporting plant and product coast to coast, that could be an opportunity to either create FOMO uh, for you know added competition or just a, a buyout. Uh, and then, of course, e-commerce is, is huge. So, you know, Uber's already delivering a delivery and online um, could be taken off. We saw Snoop Dogg's cost of capital put a bunch of money in. So maybe that's something that uh, Amazon wants to, to pick up and acquire too. So definitely could be interesting uh, year for you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to want to follow up, of course. Oh, dear. Uh, we already have enough problems in, in cannabis if if Amazon starts yeah. delivering e-commerce purchased uh, cannabis, uh, oh, that that'll be a podcast in and of itself, Josh. Will be, yeah. Especially once drone delivery starts coming out, that'll be really interesting. <laughs> oh man! Until yeah. then, I think we're gonna have to roll this one up. So I want to thank my guests, mm-hmm. Katrina Glogowski, angel investor and attorney. Thanks for being back on the podcast. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Cat. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is the Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't. And I'm out. With that, we're going to roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Infused, a cannabis talk show, is a -a one-of-a-kind look inside the cannabis industry. Meet the amazing people who make cannabis businesses bloom as they join host Nick with Francesca and Mike for creative cannabis conversations. Get an honest look at the business of cannabis, including trends, best and worst practices, products, education, and advocacy. Whether you're kind of curious or running a cannabis, Infused has kind of conversations that count. Infused is available on YouTube and is now streaming as part of the PodConnects network. Network.